Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. For thou art the potter, and we are the clay. Mold us and make us after thy will, while we are yielded, waiting, and still. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I appreciate it as we again seek to turn this studio into a sanctuary and worship the living God. My name is Hal Brady, and I want to give you a special welcome. My prayer, as always, is that you will be blessed both by the message and the music. Thank you again for joining us. Our scripture tonight comes from Deuteronomy and also Ephesians. Would you hear please the reading of this word? Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, so that your days may be long, that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And now from Ephesians. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The word of God for the people of God, thanks be to God. Would you join me please for a moment of prayer. O oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, which are thy strength and our redeemer, Amen. Edith Schaefer, wife of the late theologian Dr. Francis Schaefer, was invited to do a paper on what is a family. Rather than involving herself in endless definitions, she gave some graphic pictures of the family. I found myself very appreciative of what she said about the family. This is what she said. She said, the family is a place to grow people, a center for creativity, a place for safety and security, and the transmitter of values. After reading her word pictures, I decided to add a word picture of my own concerning the family. And this is what I came up with. The family is a lifelong environment of affirmation, appreciation, remembrance, and attention. And in a Christian home, it's all of these things plus grace, plus grace. 
Tonight, I want to bring a message on what has been called the centerpiece of God's law. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you so that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord has given you. God's first four commandments deal with his relationship with his people. God's last five commandments deal with our relationships with one another. So consequently, this fifth commandment is the centerpiece of God's commandments. That is, it's God's bridge between our vertical relationship with God and our horizontal relationships with our fellow brothers and sisters, wherever they may be. Listen carefully. The family is the bridge by which God teaches us how to relate to all humankind. So essentially, charity does begin at home after all. The Burgers, Peter and Bridget, in their book, The War Over the Family, say that a person who has developed no family bonds will have a very hard time developing any larger bonds in later life. Dr. Robert Raines tells about a, a lady who worked for a boss. She was a secretary, and she went to him one day with an issue. And he said to her, did you get that idea from that funny little church you go to? After she got over her irritation, she said, I'm glad that funny little church shows. Well, those homes of ours, those funny little homes, they also show too. In other words, what we've done in the past related to our parents and authority in the home will come out later in the larger society. So this fifth commandment, far from being irrelevant, is extremely important. Honor your father and your mother. As I see it, there are at least two clear messages in this passage. First of all, there's a message to offspring. Take your parents seriously. Honor your father and your mother. Show respect. Give them time and attention. Take your parents seriously. This is not only the decent thing to do, but this is what God tells us to do. Now, this fifth commandment, though it was directed to children, was not directly directed to little children. This is not a children's sermon. This commandment is directed to grown-up children and how they're going to take care of their parents in their later years. Some of the cost and things they're dealing with, the cost of health care, the need for adult day facilities, retirement homes, nursing homes, the scientific advances that enable longer life, the simple task of driving a car. What about a driver's license? And as physical care is so great for parents, so will be spiritual care. And what about the nation? What about the health of a nation? Certainly the health of individual families will have to do with whether they are obedient to the fifth commandment. But what about the nation? There's an old truism that goes, as the family goes, so goes the nation. So if children do not respect their parents, they're not likely to respect any other authority in society, and that is bad for the nation. A well-known minister said that he had seen many people lose their jobs, and he said for the most part it wasn't because they had poor performance, it was because they had poor attitude. They had an attitude of rebellion. They, was, they had a problem with authority, primarily because they had had a problem with authority in their own home lives. Honor your father and your mother. We need to take this whole commandment into consideration. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Too often we simply hear this commandment interpreted, if you honor your parents, you'll live a long time. Nonsense. 
This commandment is not simply directed to individuals, it's directed to people, though it is directed to individuals as well. So if we have people, a society, a nation, that does not consider the older people in its society, it's going to have a short lifespan. This is God saying this, not me. It's God saying this. And then there is the noble situation of Jesus Christ himself telling us that we should obey this commandment. You remember Jesus died at age 33, which meant that he had lived 30 of his 33 years in a home in a little town called Nazareth. Here we have the Lord of the universe spending 10 elevenths of his life in a home. Why was that true? Mainly it was because it's believed that Joseph died young. He died young. So Jesus, being the eldest son, took over the responsibilities for taking care of Mary and the other brothers and sisters. He was faithfully and he dutifully discharged his duties in a wonderful way. And we're told that he continued to speak about Mary and to think about her when he was hanging on the cross. What did he say? Woman, behold your son, behold your mother. So Jesus not only tells us to obey this fifth commandment, he actually obeyed it himself all his life. He actually gave it his everything. Now, what I'm talking about here is far greater than any Mother or Father's Day sentiment. If you start thinking about one day, as opposed to all of our lives that our parents have spent raising us, one day, one day sentiment seems a rather pathetic way to honor our parents. But here's the thing. How do we honor our parents? First of all, by loving them. By loving them. Somebody said, if you love somebody, you'll spend time with them. Because love is spelled T-I-M-E. If you love somebody, you're going to spend time with them. I remember growing up when I was in a, a lower grade. I remember the teacher would want to ask us if we were present or not. And she would simply call the roll and ask us to answer present. If no one answered present, it was assumed that that person was not there. Occasionally, the teacher would have to go back and re-ask that question of a child who might be daydreaming. And so she might say something like this, Hal, are you here or not? That's a good question for us to ask in relation to our parents. As we think about our parents, are we really here to them or not? Our older parents, our very older parents, are we present to them or not? And then secondly, not only by loving our parents, but by forgiving our parents is another way to honor our parents, by forgiving our parents. And you say, preacher, this doesn't really apply to me. My parents were horrible to me when I was growing up. Do you expect me to honor my parents? Listen, we're not talking about honoring parents because they deserve it, because they have a merit to be honored. This commandment is not about that. This commandment is about child welfare and community welfare. God expects us to forgive. Hear that again. God expects us to hear and forgive. Now, perhaps our parents have made a few mistakes. There's a story about a little boy and a girl who were scratching each other and fighting and pulling each other's hair, and the mother said, quit fighting. And the little boy said, mother, we're not fighting. She said, what are you doing? He said, we are playing father and mother. Perhaps our parents have made some mistakes, and I'm sure they have. But remember, it was our parents who nurtured us and who took care of us at the beginning when nobody else would or nobody else loved us. So that's an important thing to consider as we think about honoring our parents. And then another way we honor our parents is by remembering, by remembering their role 
as the earthly source of our lives. Some ancient Jewish rabbis said that parents are partners with God. Parents are partners with God in that they bring children into the world. For sure, God gives life. No question about that. But God entrusts as the medium parents to bring these children into the world. Now, parents don't always do what they're supposed to be. Sometimes they are not very good partners at all. But these parents are still a part of divinity because of the role in which they are given. The role in which they are forgiven. So because of the role in which they are given, we should honor them as our parents. They are our source of life in the world. And then we honor our parents by our gratitude. By our gratitude. You know, those of us who have been brought up in wonderful homes, it's easy for us to express our gratitude to those who live there. But sometimes it's very hard to define what we mean by honoring our mother and father. But we can see it when we see it. Let me give you an example. When my grandchildren were young, we took these two boys to see Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The movie was a little different from the book. And toward the end of the movie, Willy Wonka wanted to give the Chocolate Factory to Charlie. Charlie was excited about it. He wanted it. But then Willy Wonka said to Charlie, you can't take your family with you. Well, Charlie immediately said, then if I can't take my family, I'm not going. To me, that was the highlight of the whole movie. You see, he was honoring his mother and his father. He was honoring his grandparents. He was honoring everybody. And then there was a teenager whose mother told him to be home at 4.30. He was in the middle of playing a basketball game. Suddenly he remembered, he stopped the game, he walked over to his coat, he pulled out the watch and he looked at it, and then he simply went home. But you see, he was honoring his mother and his father. There's a story of a businessman who was traveling across this country to do business. On the way back, he stopped about midway, rented a car, drove 200 miles to visit his father who was in a nursing home. He was honoring his mother and his father. There was a student in college who was studying for an examination. Some other students' friends came and wanted this student to go to the movies with them. This girl wanted to go for sure, but then she remembered her parents, the struggle they'd had in getting her to school, and so she decided to stay there and do her homework and study for that test. She was honoring her mother and her father. There was a physician who had a, a room full of patients. He was as busy as he could be, but then he remembered that on this day his father had died, and this was the first anniversary of his death. So he slipped around the corner, pulled out his phone, called his mother, and told her he was thinking of her. This is honoring your father and your mother. So the first clear directive in this particular passage is simply this. It's a message to the offspring. Take your parents seriously. Take your parents seriously. But then there's another message here, and in my opinion, it's just as clear as that one. There's a message to parents. And that is, be worthy of being taken seriously. Be worthy of being taken seriously. Now, as far as this fifth commandment is concerned, if you just look at the child's responsibility to the parent, you've not looked at the whole commandment. You've not looked at the whole commandment. I want you to listen to two passages of Scripture, one from Ephesians that I've read and one from Colossians. Listen, from the sixth chapter. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And fathers, 
Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Then now let's look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 20. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this is your acceptable duty in the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, or they may lose heart. What these two passages are telling us is that the Christian ethic is a reciprocal ethic. It never puts all the responsibility on one side. It puts an equal responsibility on both sides. If children are to honor their parents, then parents are to honor their children. And the best way to do that is to be honorable. Now, I want to read you a poem that I think represents the children. Mamie Jean Cole speaks for the child. Listen, I am the child. I have come into your world about which I know nothing. Why I came, I know not. How I came, I know not. I am curious. I am interested. I am a child. You hold in your hand my destiny. You determine largely whether I shall succeed or fail. Give me, I pray you, those things that make for happiness. Train me, I beg you, that I may be a blessing to the world. So let me just tell you now how a parent may be worthy, may be worthy of being a blessing to children. So we're asking our children to honor our parents, but we're asking parents to be honorable. And this is how they may do so. First of all, parents can refuse. They can refuse to have children if they're not prepared to raise them. Did you hear that? They can refuse to have children if they're not prepared to raise them. In this particular culture, we need to understand that children do not raise themselves. Children do not raise themselves. And so the mindset of this generation is simply this. We'll have them, you raise them. We'll have them, you raise them. That's the mindset of this generation. My wife and I the other night were watching a detective program on television. This was the plot. A nanny stole a baby from a mother and father who were paying the child no attention. No attention whatsoever. Before the episode was over, the detectives had caught the nanny. They took the child, and the detective had the child in his arms waiting on the mother to pick up the child. Finally, she arrived to pick up the child. She took the child, looked at the child and said, you've had a hard day, and then handed the child to a new nanny. Enough said. Do not have children that you're not prepared to raise. And then, secondly, parents can shut some doors. James Dobson talked about parental responsibility in terms of this. He said, young people face life like they're walking through a school hall. That's the way life is. They're walking down a hallway, their doors on both sides. On one side, the door says athletics, academics, church, club, love, support, those things. On the other side, you have drugs, alcohol, promiscuity, you have gangs, and you have cults. Now, what James Dobson says is parents have the responsibility of shutting those doors. Parents have the responsibility of keeping those doors shut. Parents are called by God to be royal pains in the aspirations of their children who take the wrong doors. And then thirdly, parents can remember that a good example is better than many words. Do you know, truthfully, in homes, more is caught than taught. More is caught than taught. The things I remember learning the best from my father 
were lessons from his example. For instance, there were lessons of integrity, lessons of responsibility, of accountability, lessons of kindness and tenderness, and lessons of acceptance. These were the things I learned the most from my father because this was how he was. This was the way he lived. And then, fourthly, parents can remember that children need nurturing. Children need nurturing. In the sixth chapter of Ephesians, we find Paul saying this, bring them up. He doesn't say set them up. He doesn't say grow up. He says bring them up. What he's saying is nurture the child. Nurture the child. As parents who are really interested in nurturing our children, we will see that they truly explore all of life. They're open to life. We will see that their character is developed. We will protect them if necessary. We will commend them to God over and over again. And we'll do this by an unconditional acceptance, by discipline, by tenderness, by kindness. These are the things we will do. And then another thing, number five, parents can give their children the five secrets of healthy family life. The five secrets of healthy family life. Vitamin number one, I love you. Vitamin number two, I need your love. Vitamin number three, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Vitamin number four, thank you. Vitamin number five, may I help? Now, we can't just give these vitamins in a single dose. We have to keep giving them over and over and over again. Parents will give their children the five vitamins of healthy life. And then parents will introduce their children to Jesus Christ. There was a Christian lady that went to see her minister. She said she and her husband were contemplating having another child. But what did he think about that? Because they were afraid that if they had another child, this child would grow up into a, a violent society, a, a place where sex is misused, would grow up into a drug-filled society, and they didn't know really whether they should even have another child. The minister thought for a moment, and he said, I believe that any family that's open to God and committed to Jesus Christ can face creatively whatever the world throws at them. So why a Christian home? Because a Christian home is a special home. It's a home of grace. In that home, we find salvation. We find forgiveness. We find wholeness. We find love. We find purpose. That's what makes it such a marvelous home. And then a parent can also remember that the meter is running. Someone said we only have one time one time to build our family life, only one, and time is against us. Time is against us. Now, I don't want to put any more guilt on you. I know you have more to do than just raise children. You have your marriage to consider, your career. You have meetings to attend. You have different things that you are interested in and involved in. But I want you to know I'm not really talking about blame or shame here. I'm talking about priority. I'm talking about urgency. I'm talking about being urgent with focus and intentionality and care concerning your family and keeping your family together. So there are two clear messages here, absolutely sure. One is to for children, take your parents seriously. Another is to parents, be worthy of being taken seriously. So what is it that God says? Honor your father and your mother. Let us pray. Lord, we're grateful for this time together. We are grateful for family life. 
We know how important it is. You put us in families so that we can learn how to deal with larger groups in our society. We know that family is a testing ground. So help us, O oh God, not to fail in terms of family members. Help us to be faithful, spouses to spouses, parents to children, children to parents. And help us all, O oh God, to be faithful to you above everything else. Thank you for this day and every day. Thank you for these who are watching and listening. And I pray that this message will be a blessing to everybody. It's in your name. Amen. Let me thank you again for being with us tonight. And as always, I hope you'll call somebody else before our next Thursday night meeting and tell them about our program. And remember, if you are interested in some of these sermons, you can always go to the website, which is howbradyministries.com. Thank you again for tuning in tonight and have a very pleasant evening. Good night. Every blend.